Hey guys, welcome to episode 5. Um, I hope the sound quality is okay. I am sitting in the car, waiting for my wife to come out of a appointment for the baby we're expecting here the beginning of April. And uh, I was just trying to think of what my next topic would be. And it came to me because I have an email sitting there saying you need to renew your trailer registration that I haven't really mentioned how I get my bikes to and from the track or how I pulled off um, moving between Pennsylvania and Texas and from Pittsburgh to Midland to Houston and all the craziness that's happened in the last year. And so Basically, what I've got is back in 2019, I decided I wanted to do Supercross Futures in Houston. Um, And so I'd been operating out of the back of my pickup truck for quite a while. And like a lot of motocross riders, I have a lifted truck. And I was really getting sick and tired of pushing my bikes up and down a ramp. And I decided to drive up to Lubbock and buy a 7x14 Big Chief, which is basically a Lark brand uh, cargo trailer. And so it is enclosed. Um, The wheel wells are on the outside. I wasn't particularly impressed with the craftsmanship of this trailer overall when I first got it. I will admit I was a little bit in a rush being that I only had a few weeks until Supercross Futures. And I wanted to make sure I had a way to keep my bikes safe and secure um while we were at the hotel at the pro race and then obviously something to work out of should the weather be inclement which it happened to be and i believe it was march that year that they had the event and lo and behold it was misty and rainy and about in the mid 40s all day so having just an enclosed trailer to to just get in out of the the wind and the air when you were damp and amped up between motos was really a good move and I'm glad I did it and so being a YouTube enthusiast at the time not really putting much on YouTube but I had run across a number of these cargo trailer conversions basically to a camper or a toy hauler and I thought I really like building things maybe I'll give this a shot I'm not a carpenter, I'm not an electrician, um, but let's see if we can take a 7x14 box and make something cool out of it. And so, basically I started off by taking the entire um, interior wall down on uh, all, let's see, there's one, two, three, four, and if you include the ramp door, there's five walls that you have to disassemble. And... Hindsight being 2020 always, and I really actually hate that term because it has 2020 in it, but that's besides the point. I definitely would have done this differently. So if you glean anything from this episode, if you're working on a conversion or you're thinking about doing like a van build or a trailer or a school bus, anything that you're going to try and uses shelter or recreational housing keep in mind that buying the i think it's rtech insulation is what i used from lowe's it was not my initial choice 
but it's what I ended up going with. And I did the three quarter inch foam board with the, um, reflective insulation wrap on it. It was an okay choice, but now I, if I was to do it all over again, which I probably will at some point, I'm going to have it spray foamed insulation, which basically means you take everything out of the inside. And I think there are places that you can have come to your house or to a, a meeting place and they'll spray it. And once the foam sets up, then you can pull it home and, and continue on. But that's basically what I, the conclusion I've come to is that if you're going to insulate, which you pretty much have to, if you're, whether you're in the South or in the North, you're going to combat heat and humidity, or you're going to combat freezing temperatures at some point or another. And you want to form a seal, basically sealing the, either the heat in or the heat out or the air in or the air out. And in my opinion, from what I've seen other builders do, the spray foam is definitely the way to go. But being that I didn't do that, I had to cut each piece individually, fit it between the ribs, and what would seem like not that large of a task was a monumental undertaking. This took me the better part of an entire weekend working like 14-hour days from daylight till dark and then some, and I don't think I had any help at that point. Um, I did have help later on cutting the window in, but that's almost a whole nother story. So after the insulation, I put the walls back up and I started thinking, what kind of amenities do I want in this trailer? How many bikes am I going to carry? Am I going to carry bikes often enough that I need to really devote the back end of the trailer to that? Or am I going to use this a lot for actual cargo hauling? So I wanted to leave it a fairly open floor plan so if I needed to put a desk or a dresser or some various piece of furniture that I needed to move or as I later found out a whole bunch of stuff like my entire garage I had the space to do so and so what I did was I put uh, two 14 gallon blackwater tanks uh, in the front left corner of the trailer so if you were to set a truck footprint on top of the trailer, basically where the driver's seat of the truck would be is where my um, wastewater tank is for the shower and the little kitchenette, and then also the toilet tank. And so another thing to think about, if you're considering a cargo trailer conversion, go ahead and put a toilet in it and an interesting development in having an onboard toilet system is when we were traveling back from Pennsylvania in December, um, it was nice to not have to go into public gas stations and just risk using facilities that the general public was using for obvious reasons. I mean, it was a big concern of mine recovering from chemotherapy and having a, a slightly compromised immune system to just it was better to stay away from the risk of germs and just use our own trailer so that's one benefit another benefit is if you've ever tried to wrestle yourself into a portage on at high point in june in full race gear i mean portage johns are bad enough but being able to use your own facilities is well worth the effort and time spent in 
laying it out, installing the tanks, and doing the actual bathroom build. And so I probably didn't do mine exactly the way that, like, say, your experienced home contractor would have done his cargo trailer. But like I said, I'm not a builder. I'm not a carpenter. I'm not a electrician or a plumber. I just do it myself. And so I have my shower set up with a propane water heater that is connected to a 40-gallon freshwater tank that is on the right front nose corner of the trailer back behind the kitchenette wall and it's fairly easily accessible i had some ideas later on when i have the time to build an outdoor access panel so i don't have to crawl under the sink but if you've watched any of my videos of the trailer on youtube you can see that there's a reasonable amount of space there with the cabinets that i installed so Let's say that's the 30,000 foot view of like the bathroom amenities. I have a full shower, I have a full toilet, 14 gallon uh, gray water tank, 14 gallon black water tank, and they're both easily uh, emptied through a blade valve that you can buy at any RV store. And they're almost inconspicuous because of the way the tanks fit up between the ribs of the trailer. So most people looking at your trailer that just know trailers as trailers are not going to realize that it's actually a camper and that you have amenities in it. Whether you care or not, whether they care or not, I prefer my stuff to just look, to really not attract attention. So moving on from that, I do have several cabinets installed. I have two um, kind of at head level that I use to hold whether we're camping and I put dishes and cookware and stuff up there or if we're out riding and I put like goggles, gloves, paper towels, um, maybe even some tools. It just really depends. It's kind of a catch-all. Um, all of these cabinets, including the ones down on the floor that house my electrical system, that house my air conditioner, and then obviously the under sink components and the water tank, those all came from the Lowe's. At the time I lived in Midland when I built this trailer and I wandered through Lowe's looking at all of the cabinets they had up on the wall and they ranged from a hundred bucks to whatever you wanted to spend, 500 bucks, which no one in their right mind would put those in a camper. And as I was doing so, I stepped out of the way of oncoming shoppers and I backed into these cabinets sitting in the middle of the floor. No price tags on them really, no indicating signs. And so I went and found a associate and I said, what are these? And they said, they're damaged. And if you want to talk to the department manager, they may give them to you or they may sell them to you at like almost nothing. So I basically pointed to the ones I wanted and the manager said, sure, 60% off, basically at our cost or just get them off my floor because they're in the way and they're no good to, to resell. So I bought the cabinets and I did some maintenance and some shoring up to them because let's face it, I was going to be banging dirt bikes off of them and maybe hunting gear at some point. And they're also riding in a cargo trailer with 2,000 pound axles, so it's not a real smooth ride. I don't want something back there that I'm going to be irritated if they eventually do fall apart. So I did my own countertops on them, 
basically just wood board pine. I painted it, um, screwed them down. I just needed a place to be able to set stuff, clean it up if we are camping so that you can do some food prep there. And I'll be honest, I haven't really used it for camping yet. Um, all things considered, it's just not been on the priority list. I've used it a few times for Supercross Futures in Arlington is the main uh, benefit. We were able to have, like I said, our own bathroom facilities and have to run to the portage on all the time. We, The weather, once again, because Supercross is in the winter, was inclement and it was a good place for all seven of us at this point because my in-laws were there, my two good buddies running my pit were there, me and my wife. So we had like six or seven people at any point that needed to get out of the rain for a minute um, or need to use the restroom. And it was really a major benefit in just having the trailer there to, to keep everything contained and at my fingertips. But getting back to the actual building of the trailer, um, there are some things I would have done differently now that I've done it. And I would not have put down a vinyl floor. Because when you step on that thing with wet motocross boots, it is slick. And so I think what I'm going to do eventually is do an adhesive with some sand on top of it for a little bit of grip. But not so much that like if you are camping in it, it's going to tear your socks up and stuff. Um, just so that when you do step up in there in tennis shoes or boots or whatever, if they are wet, you're not going to hurt yourself. So the floor is kind of open to debate. I would actually probably go with some sort of a, a high impact foam, like a gym floor or a stall mat, if you're not worried about the weight. And also consider putting a layer of insulation underneath of it. Um, they do sell some very thin 3M stuff that offers great barrier to the elements and minimizes your energy efficient or maximizes your energy efficiency in reducing heat loss or um, cool air loss. So keep that in mind. Electrical is really open for debate. There is a lot of content out there on doing your own electrical system. And I've got some new opinions on it because some of the stuff, some of the components I bought have failed. My solar panel, to my knowledge, is still operating as it should. Um, it's a Renogy, which with a charge controller, I got it off Amazon for a hundred bucks and it does a good job of charging both of my, um, Marine deep cycle batteries. I think they're 24 volt. It's been a little while since I built that system. Um, I'll do a video on it later on, um, and drop it on my YouTube channel if you're really interested in how it goes together but basically it's two ba batteries wired in parallel to extend the amp hour service it has a fuse um, that goes to the inverter if you want to plug directly to the batteries um, it's got an on off switch that is basically just a marine boater rv that connects the power from the batteries into the um, the fuse block and then I have basically lamp wire because you don't need very much um, current to turn on RV lights and to run a 12 volt uh, water pump and things of that nature. So wired into that fuse block, uh, 
is both the hot and the neutral for those amenities. And so you flip that switch and then I also have it wired into a switch panel in the front of my um, driver's side cabinet that allows me to control which lights are powered and when the water pumps on and off, things of that nature. So, And it also gives me a reading of what my voltage output is, just so I kind of have a good idea, are my batteries fully charged or am I getting close to the point where maybe I need to shut down the use of the power and allow the solar panel to really uh, juice those batteries up. I also did a separate circuit around the trailer of 12-2 um, household wiring to uh, household plugs, but with shallow um, pl uh, electrical boxes to accommodate the thin walls of the trailer. And those are hooked up to uh, two 30 amp breakers in the front right corner of the trailer in front of the water tank and those go out to a 30 amp RV plug, marine RV plug on the exterior of the trailer so that if I do pull in somewhere where I have a power source, I can jump it down to my 30 amp or I can jump it up to a 50 amp and hook up like a regular RV and, and at least be able to plug everything in and run my system off of shore power. So all of this I got off of watching YouTube videos, and <clears throat> we had campers growing up as a kid. We had a pop-up that I hated. It was cool, and I get it, but it just isn't exactly what I would go with. Um, ideally, I would do a, uh, a um, toy hauler, to be completely honest with you, and that's basically what I built here. So... When you're talking about the trailer overall, some things that I will add, I have a carrying uh, system idea for my generator, and I have a small generator from Lowe's, or actually from Sam's Club that I bought. Um, <clears throat> the brand actually slips my mind at the moment, but it's just your, your standard small gas-powered generator that's capable of running a coffee pot and an air conditioner and a few other things, either at the same time or uh, individually. And it's just basically there that if I pull off the road and I don't want to tap into my battery power and I want to charge some stuff up or make some coffee and run the air conditioner, I can just fire it up, plug it in, and away we go. Um, I'm going to mount that on the tongue of my trailer. I just haven't gotten around to it because the mounting system is actually backordered. And it accommodates two propane bottles and I still need to figure out how exactly I'm going to route the service line into the shower where my um, my propane water heater is located. Most of the time with motocross I don't need hot water to shower the dirt off I just need reasonably lukewarm water um, so Running that hot water tank, which is actually a rebuilt that you can get off of eBay or Amazon. Basically, they just take old units in and refurbish them and sell them for half the price. And let's face it, you're not living in this thing. So that's a pretty decent way to have a hot water supply, but not spend a fortune on something that's going to sit in the driveway five out of ten days. And even that's ambitious for most. So... There's just a, a lot of things. Like I said, we cut a window in um, on the bunk bed side, which would be 
on the passenger side. And having never done so before, there's a few things that I didn't realize. Um, one, it's extremely difficult to cut sheet metal and wood at the same time. I should have cut the window in when I had the walls down, but I just didn't know that at the time. So if you're listening to this and you're at that point, cut your windows in. Um, also consider the size of your windows. If you are going to be sleeping in the trailer, you want to have a good escape window. I really don't plan on sleeping in this trailer anytime soon, so I haven't gone through uh, cutting the escape window in, mainly because I'd rather have my bikes protected and stay at a hotel and have this trailer as amenities um, for day-to-day use rather than overnight use at this point. So cutting the window in, yeah, maybe something that you want to have professionally done as well because it's just not an easy thing to do. You're cutting through the ribs of the trailer. If you mess it up, your your trailer is going to be screwed up long term. Um, I did have a, a loft bed originally that went over the storage cargo area in the back. And I really had just intended to be able to drop it down and make the bed up, sleep up there, and then in the morning just push it up out of the way. But my wife at the time said even if we did go to use it, that came out wrong. At the time, my wife said, I don't like how close that is to the ceiling. And so I said, okay, I will find another alternative. And basically what I ended up doing is taking the platform, cutting it in half, and building bunk beds on the passenger side of the trailer. And I lost some of my traveling cargo space and whatnot, but if you pull the uh, the mattresses off the bunk beds, you can use it as shelf storage. Um, so if you're moving and you're stacking bins, it's, it's actually pretty versatile um, in that respect. But as far as sleeping functionality, it's mediocre at best. I mean, I prefer to to have some room to move around (laughs) but that's besides the point you can come up with a lot of different ways to do sleeping space and collapsible bunks metal frames folding um, or even hammocks I've seen which depends on how old you are you may or may not be uh, real wild about sleeping in a cocoon overnight I know I certainly would not be but Uh, Feel free to reach out and give me feedback on what you guys think of my description of my trailer build. Like I said, there are a few videos on YouTube that I put up just so that people could see what I was doing at the time. I really did build this uh, almost a year and a half ago prior to the pandemic and everything. And we did pull it down to um, Dripping Springs Uh, outside of Austin and had it uh, there for storage and just some camping gear um, while we stayed at a a very unique outdoor retreat that has cabins, yurts, um, houses, you name it. It's it's a pretty awesome place and I plan on doing a uh, an episode here on Friday with my wife so that If your wives are talking about going somewhere and with the pandemic, 
you're looking for a good place to camp, but not rough it, so-called glamping, and you're Texas, New Mexico, or southern United States, this is a really good option, and I'd like to bring her into the podcast so that there's two points of view in the fact that we both really like this place, but I liked it for one reason, and, and she may have liked it for another, and she can also speak a little bit more to the trip planning side of like the things to do in Dripping Springs and places in Austin that may have slipped my mind. Uh, so yeah, keep an eye out for that episode. Um, go over and check out the YouTube channel. Um, like, and subscribe if you feel like it. I'm not really going for likes and subscriptions. I'm just mainly trying to tell a story and not the same story over and over again, multiple days a week. So thanks for tuning in and yep, let me know what you think.